whether it's that friend that you know can always cheer you up, whether it's a former coworker or a parent who can remind you about the amazingness that is you, find your cheerleaders. Make sure they know that you need them in your corner to continue to remind you what it is that is amazing about you and to encourage you to keep going. Welcome to Want to Work There, a podcast that explores what really makes a company a great place to work. I'm your host, Jill Felska, and together we'll explore not only what goes into building a great company culture, but also exactly how to implement those best practices within your own workplace. If you're here, you believe that a better world of work is possible, and I can't wait to build it together. Let's go. Welcome back, friends. I am taking things a slightly different direction today than normal. We are usually speaking about ways that you can create better workplace culture. And today, we're going to talk about how you understand whether or not a company is the right place to work for you during the interview process. As someone who has spent many years, not only in the space of HR and creating better work environments, but also as a career coach many years back and someone who is kind of the go-to for my friends when they are thinking about what job should come next or if they're on the right path. I often hear from people who want to know whether or not there's a way you can decipher if a company is really a great place to work. Now, the truth of the matter is, unfortunately, that many places call themselves a great place to work. They go out of their way to win awards in this area. And there can then be a lot of discrepancy between what they say they are, who they say they are, how they run things, and what is actually happening behind the scenes. Now, some of that just comes with experiencing it. And there's likely no way you are going to draw that out in an interview. But there are 12 questions that I have found make an immense difference for someone when they're thinking about interviewing at a company and they want to really understand to the best of their ability what it would be like to work there. Not the sugar-coated version, not the like first date version. You know what I'm talking about <laughs> when you go on a first date and you want to show up and be your best self. That's what happens oftentimes with interviews. You sort of hear the like best parts of what it would be like to work there, but not necessarily the challenges of working for the organization. So today I'm going to run you through 12 questions that you can ask in an interview that will help you understand a little bit more about what really is going on behind the scenes. Hopefully, these will help you make just a more educated decision as to whether or not a place is the place for you. Now, if you are part of the audience who usually turns in week after week and are head of HR or someone in a leadership role, and you're thinking, oh, gosh, what are these questions all about? Is this episode even for me? I think you are going to find a lot of value in hearing these questions and understanding some of the ways that people can uncover 
whether or not a company is the right fit for them. One of the best things that you can do for yourself as an organization, I think, is to show your warts early. No place is a perfect place to work. Every place has their quirks and every place is a better fit for certain personalities or people with certain desires or values more than others. So if you can figure that out and attract the right type of candidate early and honestly dissuade the type of candidate who isn't going to be fulfilled working for you from taking the role, then it's really a win-win. So with that said, I hope you stay tuned in. I do think that this is going to be a really helpful episode for you too. Okay, so before I get into the 12 questions, I wanted to sort of give three disclaimers of sorts, I guess you would say. So number one, make sure that when you're interviewing with a company, you are asking each of the questions I'm going to give you from a place of honest curiosity, not judgment. You want your interviewer to open up and confide in you, not to put themselves on guard. And that will only happen if they sense that you are trustworthy and genuine in why you're asking these questions. Number two, you likely won't get the chance to ask all 12 questions. So pick the ones that seem most pertinent and run with those. That said, don't be afraid to ask for a follow-up interview if you really didn't get the time to ask what you wanted. Because taking a new job is a big commitment, and it's one that deserves an extra half an hour of conversation if you need it. So ask for that follow-up if you really feel like you have some more investigating to do, some more questions to ask. Number three, don't widely share what you learned during the interview, whether or not you take the job. So anyone who opens up to you during a job interview is doing so in confidence. And in my experience, it's not your place to start sharing this information in the community, whether that's with your new teammates or on Glassdoor. I really recommend that you respect the safe space and keep whatever is discussed in this conversation between the two of you. Okay, so now that we've got some ground rules, let's dive into the list of questions that will help you dig in a little bit deeper during your next interview. Now, if you are the type of person who likes to see things in writing and would rather have these questions available to you in a downloadable, never fear, I have made one available for you. You are going to go to wanttoworkthere.com backslash 13. That's wanttoworkthere.com backslash one three. And there you'll be able to download a PDF. Then you will have all 12 questions easily accessible for you to take along to any interview you're doing in the future. Question number one, what does a typical day in the office look like? This is just a great place to start as it usually gets them talking about the day-to-day at the company. Things like, when do people typically get in each morning? Or how many meetings happen in a typical day? Do people eat at their desk or do they take a break? Is the office bustling or is it usually pretty quiet? When you know how you work best, this information can be incredibly helpful. Question number two, what are the biggest challenges that someone in this position would face? 
I love this question because it gets beyond the skills needed to do your job and dives into sort of what their potential roadblocks could be, including maybe challenging personalities on the team or a particularly difficult client. Or maybe there's an exceptionally heavy workload that really calls for top-notch prioritization skills. Knowing these things can be incredibly helpful when you're making your decision about whether or not it's the right position for you. Number three, is this a new role that's just been created? If not, where's the last person who held the job moving on to? And how long were they in the role? Now, this question is a bit bold, but important. It can unearth traits about the previous candidate that either made them a good or bad fit for the role. And this is golden information for you. It can also indicate the organization's dedication to internal growth if the person was promoted or raise a red flag if the person was only in the role for like a few months before leaving. Now, Side note to this, you should definitely do your research on LinkedIn before asking this question. You may get your answer without having to ask or can tailor the question appropriately so that you're getting the information you really need. Number four, are there opportunities for advancement or professional development? If I had to boil the job happiness of most people into three key points, it really would come down to autonomy, appreciation, and growth. Now, it's common to focus on things like salary expectations, 401k matching, and time off when you're considering an offer. But knowing what professional development and growth opportunities are available for you would make a huge difference in your happiness a few years down the line. That's why this is such an important question to ask and reflect on early. Number five. What are the most important things you'd like to see someone accomplish in the first 30, 60, and 90 days on the job? What about at one year? Now, for a variety of reasons that I will save for another day, most people are just really bad at writing job descriptions. Asking this question will get them really thinking about what success would look like at different intervals throughout your first year on the job you may find that you're very surprised by their expectations, some of which they may have not mentioned up until that point. Ultimately, it's a great way to dive deeper and understand how quickly someone is hoping that you'll be up to speed and contributing and what that contribution will ultimately look like. Number six, what are the goals that the company is currently focused on and how does this team work to support meeting them? Companies with clear strategic objectives and a plan tend to be way better places to work than those who sort of jump from goal to goal at the drop of a hat. This question will help you gauge how clear the company vision is and how the team you'll be working on directly supports it. Being a great manager is hard, like really hard. I used to preach that it was every company's duty to provide management training for their entire team. But then I became a director of people and culture for a SaaS startup and realized just what kind of barriers were in the way. Design the training in-house? I could never find the time. Hire a third party to come and teach it? Sure, but then I'd need to re-engage them every time a new manager joined, and I just didn't have the budget for that kind of long-term engagement. 
In my head, I envision the startup version of management training, a self-led reusable program that consisted of audio lessons, thoughtful exercises, helpful templates, and an internal facilitation plan for cohort-style learning. So I built it. And it quickly became apparent that I wasn't the only person looking for a more cost-effective, scalable solution. If you also fall into that camp and want to learn more, you can visit wanttoworkthere.com backslash management training. That's wanttoworkthere.com backslash management training. All right, let's get back to the show. Number seven. Can you tell me about the team and who I'll be working with most closely? This is a great way to learn more about the personalities of your soon-to-be coworkers, especially those you'll be spending a lot of time with during the day. Who we work with most closely is often one of the biggest indicators of our experience at work. Anyone who's had a difficult manager or team member can definitely attest to this fact. I'm not saying that they're going to come right out and say someone is super difficult to work with, but if you can start to understand team members' personalities early on, you will have a better chance at knowing whether or not that's going to be a team you'll thrive on. Number eight, can you tell me about your particular management style? Now, I don't expect anyone to come out and say, well, I am particularly critical. I tend to take credit for your work. And yeah, I just basically expect you to be on call 24-7. That would be just way too easy. (laughs) What can be helpful, though, is hearing how they view their leadership style and seeing how closely it aligns with your preferences. You can also ask this question of others on the manager's team and see if what they say mirrors what you've already been told. Number nine, why did you choose to take a job at this particular company? Hearing why your interview chose to work at the company can shed light both on aspects of the company you may not know about and what that particular person values about the job. Number 10, what's your favorite part of working here? This question can shed both negative and positive light on the company's culture. If they struggle to think of something they enjoy, that could be a red flag that things currently aren't great. And if they're quick to answer the question with something that seems genuine, like having a flexible schedule or a fantastic boss, you can bet that what they're sharing is likely consistent with what's actually happening in the organization. Number 11. What's different about working here than anywhere else you've ever worked? This is another way to get a real look at the current culture. Because different can be attributed to both positive and negative realities, it's a chance for the interviewer to get real. Whatever they share, it will be a great peek at one aspect of the company that is solid enough to elicit a comparison. Number 12. How has the company changed since you joined? I always think this one has to be taken with a grain of salt, but it's still important to ask. It can be really easy for some people to struggle with company growth, and sometimes their answers may be negative, but not really reflect the actual temperature of the company. Someone saying, things just aren't the way they used to be, may be a red flag, but can also be a sign that a particular employee just really enjoys working with a smaller team. 
Ultimately, take what they have to say, really listen, and then compare it to what you know about the type of work environment you want to be in. So there you have it. That is all 12 questions. If you are feeling like you want them in a written format, friendly reminder, you can go to wanttoworkthere.com backslash 13. That's wanttoworkthere.com backslash one three and find a downloadable PDF with all the questions written out for you. I can't guarantee that asking these questions will help you avoid a toxic work environment, but they are a great way to sort of get below the shiny surface that's presented in most job interviews. I can tell you from experience that the interviewer wants just as badly as you do for it to be a good fit. So being honest about your needs and your flaws while also learning about theirs is going to ultimately help you both make the best decision at the end of the day. I also feel the need to wrap up by saying that interviewing for a new job is really, really hard. It can be super demoralizing and unmotivating when you hear back about an opportunity that you really wanted and maybe aren't being selected for, or you're sending in lots of resumes and applying for lots of jobs and just not hearing back. The best advice that I could give you is to structure your job search almost like you would a day job. For those of you who are in the thick of it right now, I usually have three pieces of advice that I give to friends or anyone I know who is on the job search. Number one is to block out small amounts of time that you commit to job searching every single day. Especially if you are unemployed and searching, it can be really easy for you to go like, oh, I have to job search from nine to five. And honestly, that repetition can get really overwhelming and lead you down a path that's probably not very productive, aka sending out hundreds of resumes without tailored cover letters or any sort of research into the organization itself. Instead, I really recommend focusing one to three hours a day and blocking it out, scheduling it on your calendar, committing to it, and that consistency will be a game changer. I promise. Number two is keep the consistency going. I have gotten pushback from so many friends who are like, you know what, though? It's like the final interview. I am very optimistic. All signs are pointing to the fact that I'm going to get this offer next week. And I continue to push them to keep applying. And they question why I would be insisting that they keep doing this. But I have seen too many times, often with circumstances out of their control, out of the company's control. For some reason, the job listing gets pulled or the company decides that they're going into a hiring freeze. I mean, there's a million reasons why something may not be seen all the way through. And there is nothing more soul-crushing to a job search than to feel like you are five feet from home plate and then get tagged out. You will be in such a better mental position if you have kept going with your job search and kept applying until you literally have signed an offer and know when your start date is. And number three is to find a positive support system. Whether it's that friend that you know can always cheer you up, whether it's a former coworker or a parent who can remind you about the amazingness that is you, you are going to need those people in your corner because job searching can be one of those things that 
makes you start to question your worth. Maybe not for everybody, but I know it has for me in the past, and it's something that I've heard from others. So find your cheerleaders. Make sure they know that you need them in your corner to continue to remind you what it is that is amazing about you and to encourage you to keep going. All right. Well, best of luck to anyone who is on a job search. I am going to keep doing the hard work over here to support more and more companies in being incredible, awesome places to work. We need as many of them as possible. And hopefully you will find one of those places very, very soon. This show was brought to you by wanttoworkthere.com and the incredible team at Podcasting for Creatives. No individual or company acting alone can change our societal beliefs about work, but together we can create a new normal. If you like this episode, please consider passing it on to one or two people who share your passion for creating a better world of work. And until next time, please know I see you, I believe in you, and keep going. The work you're doing really matters.